Alright, what's up listeners? Welcome back to Predator vs. Movies. I'm Alex. I'm Aiden. No, no Peter. Peter. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I'm catching on. And this is a podcast where we discuss and review the latest movie releases. We're going to start off with a non-spoiler review before diving into a deeper discussion of the film. And then we're going to ask the most important question. Would this movie be better if the alien from Predator was in it? This week we're going to be reviewing uh, The Holdovers, the new Alexander Payne movie. Uh, but before we do so, we are going to go through some news uh, and then the trailer park, and then we will get into our discussion. So first off, we have news, which is maybe forever changed to this new segment, which we like better, <laughs> called Quick Bites. Because it's we don't, faster. It's faster, and we don't <laughs> yeah. really talk. We don't have to think or talk about it. Yeah. So uh, to recap, Quick Bites is essentially, I have a headline, and Aiden reacts with one-word responses. And I also, I also did forget... <laughs> That's the that's oh, the you. sound. Yes. That's the sound yes. for it. The sound yeah. bite. The sound bite. Yeah. Ooh, exactly. Literally. Uh, so first up, Tim Allen wants Toy Story Five to follow adult Andy trying to find and reunite all of his old toys for his child. Grown. What did you say? I said grown. Grown, and he's shaking his head no. Yeah. I was. This isn't a one-word answer, but I was thinking this is the same as, like, Infinity War yeah. or one, part two. <laughs> I just mean that he's a he's a grown adult. Like, let the mm-hmm. guy go to college or something, man. It's for his child. So that's yeah. that's the explanation. But uh, Next up, Taika Waititi. You talked, we talked about this. Taika Waititi <laughs> says his Star Wars movie is, quote, gonna piss people off. <laughs> quote, uh... Quote, it'll, it will be dramatic pause. He said this out loud. A Taika Waititi film, end quote. And that's from Variety. Uh, believe. Believe. I believe him. That it will piss people off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll chime in there. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> or how about, how about this? Don't. Don't, yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, we have Bob Iger, uh, who says, Frozen 4 is also in the works. Stop. I was going to say, what? (laughs) Three? Four? (laughs) I feel like we're skipping some here. Uh, Next up. Young Sheldon ends on May 16th. Sad. (laughs) Sad. The word choice. (laughs) Ends. Young Sheldon ends. (laughs) He dies. He's going to (laughs) die. It's an, it's an alternate universe. Yeah, the reveal is that it was never a prequel series. It's just a different guy, and he it's dies a different, at the end of the series. I'm sure you never watched... Did you watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yeah, I did. I did, actually. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. Did you watch the whole thing? No, I stopped to, like, season four or something. Okay, so eventually we get to a point where... Like, the show, the whole premise was, like, this is the MCU, but, like, the small side where, yeah. like, you kind of... It's trickled down, but, then but it, it's never going to trickle up. rose up to a different level. <laughs> That's the thing, is that yeah. then, all of a sudden, they said, I don't care what the MCU is doing, we're in a different universe. And they just fully were like, yeah, oh, this really? isn't the same, because Thanos didn't happen. Or they mentioned really? Thanos, and then, like, a bigger threat for the TV show happened that was not Thanos-related. So that's what young Sheldon is, is <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, more Taika Waititi for you. Uh, he says, I know that I won't be involved in Thor 5. I'm going to concentrate on these other films that I've signed on. And that's from Insider. Good, but lose, lose. 
<laughs> it's a lose-lose situation here. He works on it, he does it. I, do, like, I don't want another Thor movie. I don't want another Taika Waititi Thor movie. I don't really want another Taika Waititi movie at all. It's just, just, it's just, it's just losses all around. Like, yeah. I mean. yeah. Uh, next we have uh, Chris Pratt's Garfield voice has been revealed. Awesome. Lasagna. I'm discussing film. <laughs> uh, last, last news I have for you. Uh, after news, this is real. After news of uh, Warner Brothers shelving Coyote versus Acme, this is going to be the live-action hybrid movie with uh, John Cena. Um, so it turns out they're going to shelve it. After that news broke, several filmmakers instructed their reps to cancel meetings they had on the books with Warner Brothers. Good. Cool. I agree. That is, yeah. I'm. I don't understand why how Warner Brothers thinks this is a good business model to like just show their true colors like to show we filmmakers we, are, we, we will potentially care. yeah yeah we'll shelve your shit and we won't give a fuck because we'll get yeah. a lot of money for it um that's just awful yeah I don't Very see bad. how that's like to save on marketing like just drop it like just well put it's it also on a it's also service. a tax thing I don't know, like they get a yeah. certain tax credit or whatever for shelving it, but I don't, uh, I don't, I don't know what the process looks like, but it's still stupid regardless. Yeah. Uh, next, we have some more, some more positive stuff to get through, and that is the trailer park. Vroom, vroom. And let me tell you, we have some real treats for today. And do yeah. you, do you have a preference which one we should start with, best for last or best first? I don't even know. Well, I guess the best is Madam Web, right? I think you mean the Spider Woman. I mean Spider Spider Movie or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. We should do that first. We should do that first. Okay. Yeah. Um, I just want to start with, I was just browsing YouTube and I saw it like as one of the recommended things for whatever <laughs> I was watching, and I was like, oh, they oh they released that's real like they're they're doing this movie okay, and I didn't I felt so soon like I didn't know when it was coming out and there's a trailer all of a sudden but it's like the official thing yeah. I'm like okay so so like I, I watch it flabbergasted that's why one word <laughs> yeah like, this is this terrible. is potentially the worst looking movie i've like seen from a trailer like in a really long time like the suit mm -hmm. of the spider guy the bad spider guy who's chasing them that like that is a fan film that is a fan film suit i'll take that and, one further the whole movie looks like a fan yes. film like there was the the i don't know if you heard about this but like spider-man lotus was this fan yeah, film yeah, yeah, that was yeah. big that was in, on Twitter racist for a while? Spider-Man. Yeah, racist Spider-Man, yeah. yes. Right, yeah. Um, and I saw, like, I think I might have watched the trailer for that just out of curiosity. This yeah. looks literally the same <laughs> level of quality, maybe worse than that movie. Like, that's what that's what yeah. we're talking about. It's crazy. Yeah, no, I like, and then, I mean, of course, there's the classic line where she's like, yeah, he was. Yeah. I what is it? He was with my dad. <laughs> what the fuck is it? And my mom. My he was with my mom in the Amazon right before she died when she was studying she spiders or something. <laughs> like, I'll fucking... find it because we were sending each other memes about it. It's okay. it's Dakota Johnson in like it's a terrible line, but not doing anything to try and sell it either. <laughs> like just reading it. So. I have all the, the different versions of it, but it was the, the, the essence is being in the Asim, sorry, being in the Amazon with my mom 
when she was researching spiders. <laughs> just before she right died. Right before she died, yeah. It's like, oh, man. It's the kind of sentence, like, you read it's like, is that a run-on? I don't think it's technically a run-on sentence, but, like, it's... It's not a good sentence. Not You're a delivering person. four pieces of information yeah. <laughs> in one sentence, which is, I think, too many. I think I'll draw the line at least at four. Yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> I think some I, of that information needs to be dropped. Some like, of it needs, or just a different sentence. Like, if, you, if it's so essential to get it out. I think the most important part of the sentence... She died. Yeah. <laughs> is saved for last is kind of kind of odd. And there's some like yeah. superfluous information before that. <laughs> yeah, like why did like, like Yeah, the, the Amazon, Amazon is not yeah. She was studying spiders. Oh, she died yeah. too, by the way. She also uh, died. Anyways, uh that looks I'm so excited. Do you think we do do we do it for the pod? Do we pod spider? <laughs> I would I honestly do that. And we we should also do Craven. We should do that. Cra- we should do That's the thing. And we should do Venom 3. Craven, <laughs> Venom, Morbius, all of them have looked significantly better than this movie. <laughs> that is How true. is that possible? That is true. <laughs> like I, yeah. I don't I think this this could be the worst movie <laughs> in history. Like there is a chance. Yeah. I don't I don't know. Uh anyways, but in the Sydney Sweeney connected universe. The, the Sydney Sweeney. <laughs> Cinematic Universe, the SKU, yeah. the SSQ, um, that, okay. uh, there's a new trailer for Anyone But You, uh, yes. after the just awful <laughs> teaser yeah. that came out. The director, I think, even had to say something. He was like, yeah, I don't I don't know about that. That was weird. <laughs> I gave, like, I think even he was like, it seemed like someone was going to kill someone. Like, it seems <laughs> more like a, like a thriller than a, a rom-com. Yeah. I, I will this say, lo- though... This straightens it out a little bit. This stra- totally. straightens out... Does it look like a good movie, though? No. I don't think so. No. <laughs> no, I still don't think it looks good. No. Um, and the reason why I thought this was funny to bring up is because for The Curse, the Nathan Fielder and Emma Stone show, that is also... It's already streaming, actually. Uh, they yeah. did, like, kind of a uh, mock... Uh, a sort of like mock parody of the trailer of the opening of the trailer where it's like we're we're here to promote my movie don't you mean my movie like that like they do that kind of thing and then nathan fielder released this whole sentence talking statement talking about how they uh they ripped him off i thought that's a good bit i like that that's a funny yeah. bit it's just proof that like Nathan Fielder and, and Emma Stone are so much funnier and have it's also because they like, literally just deliver the same thing way better. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's it's both like like surface level of the same thing. It's better, and then also yeah. ironically, but, like you can yeah. sense the irony in in them doing it. Whereas yeah. the Sydney Sweeney, like it's not even part of the movie. Just them facing camera. It's bad. <laughs> that part of it is bad. Uh, and I I still don't. I think I finally understand the relationship going into the movie, the characters, yeah. which was very not clear in the first yes. one. It was like, oh, man, you. Oh, I can't believe it's <laughs> you. Anyone but you. And I'm like, who? But who? who? <laughs> yeah. You, like, cousins? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I hope anyone but you. Like, that'd be really Dude. weird. They're not cousins, not, as we not found out. <laughs> They'll never just <laughs> Um... This is going to make our family so mad. 
it's like, yeah, it probably would. That's like Arrested Development. Um, there's some, I don't know. He takes his clothes off. Maybe that's funny. I don't know. I think I think the, um, the what's the one with the Jennifer Lawrence? That'll be the one that people are gonna be like, oh, that was the good one from this year. Oh, uh, no hard feelings. That's it. Yeah. Yes. Mm. I didn't. Rom coms are soft coming back. Maybe. Maybe nature nice. is healing. Anyways, uh, speaking of nature healing and things coming back, actually, this does kind of work. Uh, we watched a movie. Uh, we did. Aiden is gonna tell movie. you about it. This time I already have it locked and loaded. The Wikipedia so page is up. Yep. So we watched a movie called The Holdovers. It's directed by Alexander Payne. Written by David Hemmingson. Uh, starring Paul Giamatti, Divine Joy Randolph, and Dominic Sessa. Cinematography by Edgel Brilled. Sorry if I mispronounced that. Uh, release date was, uh, originally was at Telluride uh, August 31st, 2023. Uh, and then it's gotten a more wide release on October 27th, 2023, at least in the United States. Uh, and then it came even more recently in Canada. Runtime's 133 minutes. Box office is 8.4 million. I don't have the budget up, though. Let me try to find that. Where's the budget? Hmm. So I'm seeing one thing saying 30 million, but I don't know if that's true. And it is paywalled. So I don't oh, know what the budget is. Well, uh, good to know. Uh, now that we've we've told you <laughs> what we're watching, uh, we are going to play a little game. Uh, and this game is called the Predacritic Game. We are going to guess what the score of this movie is on the critic website Metacritic, where yes. scores are averaged out of 100. I said that backwards. Usually I say it the other way around. Uh, I've spun our little random wheel generator, and it does tell me that <laughs> I'm going wheels. first. It generates wheels, and then those <laughs> wheels are spun right. to <laughs> determine. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so I'm going to guess the score first. Uh, okay. okay, I feel like it's always hard with two. Yeah. Always hard with two, because you're very, very much either right or wrong. Yeah. Um, Eighty-two. So what I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go eighty-one. Okay. Gonna come right in with it. That's the thing. That is the thing, isn't it? Could be wrong. Could be wrong. Well. Could. Well, here we go. So sometimes this happens where I have just given you the the total advantage. Uh, it is an eighty-one on the dot. Yeah, let's go, dude. That's if awesome. Only I had just yeah. <laughs> I just love uh, when things work out like that. Yeah, I don't. Uh, <laughs> so, as the uh, winner of this game we play, you do get to tell us uh, what you thought of this movie uh, without spoilers. Uh, yeah. So, what? How did how did the the holdovers treat you? I think I thought about this in the theater while I was watching the theater. This to me is this year's bones and all, and by that I mean I am a little bit let down by it. I think it is aesthetically very pretty. Somewhat similar aesthetics, too. Not exactly the same, but kind of similar. Um, I think that towards the end, this movie found its footing more for me. But especially in the first half of this, I was kind of like... I had trouble getting a sense of who each character was. I felt the characters were a little stiff. I felt that some of the comedy wasn't timed super well. Um, and I didn't 
it felt like it was like often either one thing or another and they would forget about something and then that thing would come back and it'd be like oh like there were multiple times in this movie where there's a line where they'd be like you're always nagging me and it's like was he <laughs> when was he nagging you i don't know when when did that happen um and like there's stuff like that but towards the end i felt felt like the characterization kind of improved uh and so i i started to get more sucked into it towards the end and i i liked the last third of it more than the first third uh i also i thought there were some beautiful beautiful shots in it though i i wasn't sure about uh some of the writing as well i kind of talked about that a little bit but there were some things like particularly the way the boys talk. And I think it's also has to come with performances. Um, but there are other things that I liked about it. I liked, uh, I liked some of the, I liked the handling of rich kids. I actually thought it was handled well, cause there's potential for that to be a really lame story. And I thought it was handled well. Um, and yeah, I mean like it was definitely like a sweet story. I thought Paul Giamatti was really good. Uh, but yeah, this is like a three, three and a half, probably three and a half for me. And I, I'd, I would recommend it. I think it's a fun enough movie. I don't think anyone's going to be upset having watched it. It's kind of funny. Like, I could basically, like, that's that's almost my thoughts on the film verbatim. Like, <laughs> I, I'm surprised how much in agreement we are. That's great. <laughs> um, I was, I think I went into this looking forward to it. Um, I had heard some, like, good things and, and um, can't remember what specifically if it was like oscar related like it could get in or just saying yeah. in those sort of conversations like it might not get in to like best picture nominees but it's quite good one of the best of the year or something so i i had some expectations going in and i did find that the beginning especially was just a little bit off for me it was definitely some of those things you had pointed out the dialogue i thought there was i had some issues with just um i found it a bit talky and yeah telling instead of showing kind of the reverse of what you're supposed to do a bit expository as well i found i wasn't going to include this because i i had decided that maybe it was just a a, sub, a subjective take but uh your thoughts on like the characters i think is actually like hits to something i was feeling um just that some of the characters were not exactly fully formed they weren't there weren't they weren't archetypes they were a little looser, and yeah. I couldn't quite get a good sense on some of them, like, yeah, because they weren't veering to extremes. They were just too normal, I felt. Um, what else? Love the 70s aesthetic. Um, the kind of, like, cozy, melancholy 70s winter New England vibe, just, like, I think that kind of won me over ultimately. Yeah. So while I found the initial, like, I don't know, half hour, 45 minutes to be like, you know, just having some issues at some point, it, I just kind of like switched and it was like, oh, this is like the, the, the heart of it is actually like getting to me. Um, you know, this idea of like these people who are the holdovers who are left behind because like basically like no one loves them. That's the kind of the idea. Um, that really did like hit me and I found that like leaving the theater like I was sad and like mm. it kind of like mm. the the feeling stuck with me and so that I found that impressive um, despite kind of like being unsure in the first half um, and I'd say like that's that's a mark of like some some really good work uh, 
Paul Giamatti like just like kills it. Like he's he's not someone who I traditionally would think of as like one of like my favorite actors or a really phenomenal actor, but like just proving like he's got he's got the juice here. Yeah, he's really good. He's very, frankly very like the best part of this movie yeah, acting wise. Like acting circles I, around everybody. <laughs> yeah, I I actually there are many scenes where his partners in the scene are by contrast like it's like oh you're not quite there actually yeah yeah and and it's funny where like 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 characters are talking and i'm like i don't really care and then he speaks up i'm like i'm listening yeah i I lean forward you know like the meme (laughs) um but yeah so that's that's how i feel rating wise um three and a half might be where i have to land on this one um but i could uh i could see being a four i don't know three and a half feels more true I'll see. Sure. I'm kind of wishy-washy about this, though. Uh, sure. And then recommendation-wise, I think I would, actually. Because yeah. I think this is the kind of movie that I prefer to see. You know, it's somewhat like a, a relatively famous director um, doing a, just a genuine IP-less story just because, like... That like he clearly wanted driven. to make really well, too. Right? Like he, There's clearly a lot behind this where it's like he had... There are things you wanted to say, and you can feel that. Exactly. And it's yeah. it's that older style, which I love. And then, you know, yeah, yeah. I think it's I think it's a lovely little movie, and I don't think it's perfect, but uh, I, I would definitely tell people to go check this one out. Uh, yeah. But uh, seeing as I did lose the Predacritic game, I do actually have to summarize this movie if you are still listening and have not seen it. Uh, so you can keep listening to us talk about this movie, even if you haven't seen it. Uh, I have two minutes to do so, but before... I do. Aiden is going to say something right now. What am I going to say? Spoiler oh, spoiler warning. warning. Oh, the fact that the choice of the word say really confused I know. me there. I was like, what am I going to say? I oh. tried to throw pew, you pew, off pew, there. Pew, pew, pew. Wee, woo, wee, woo. Spoiler time. Yeah, spoiler so time. that's... <laughs> I like how it's just a siren now. There's not yeah. any mentions that it's four numbers. <laughs> no, you, they'll figure it out. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I have two minutes, and uh, I guess I'll start right about... Now, so it's winter break at this uh, private school somewhere in New England, uh, and all the boys like Harry Potter are going home, uh, and one kid, Angus, thinks he's going to St. Kitts. Turns out his mom doesn't love him, <laughs> and so she's <laughs> bailed on him to go on her honeymoon with her new husband, and so he's stuck, despite thinking he wouldn't be stuck. He's stuck with four other kids, uh, one of whom his dad is a helicopter guy and he's just kind of there because he won't cut his hair and so um eventually the dad his this character's dad relents and he picks up long hair kid and invites all the kids to go skiing with him that's where they're going for winter break and lonely angus is not allowed to come because paul giamatti cannot contact his parents uh who is paul giamatti he's a teacher at this school he's a bit of a dick he's a history and latin teacher and he has been duped into uh, being the holdover teacher. He is assigned to look over, look after the kids who are left behind. Um, and because one of the other teachers who were supposed to do it this year uh, claimed his mother had lupus. Uh, there's also a cook who has to stay behind. Um, her son died um, in Nam, I think. Uh, and uh, she's sad about that. And so the three of them become this unlikely pair, a trio. They go to a Christmas party. Um, you know, the boy and Angus and Paul hate each other, and then they like each other. Uh, Paul is sad because, like, he can't get women because he's stinky. 
Um, <laughs> they go to Boston for a field trip. Uh, turns out Angus's dad is not dead, like we were led to believe. He's in fact in a um, a psychiatric ward. Uh, he has early onset dementia and schizophrenia, I think. Um, and then the parents get mad at this field trip, and Paul gets fired because he stands up for Angus. That was about two minutes. Pretty good. Pretty good. Sounds good and to it's me. It's happy, sad. Uh, what would you say is your favorite part? Um, well, it would definitely be in the latter half. I will say that when he goes to visit his dad, I actually quite liked that scene. Uh, and then I also really liked, uh, I liked the Christmas party scene. Yeah. I, I didn't love it, but they were like, cause it, some of my big problems with this movie are in the scene, but I was like, oh, this is like a, a thing. Like something's happening and this is good. Like, because it. <laughs> It's it's a it's like a crucible, like to use like a screenwriting term, more or less, like not really, but like it's just a situation that forces the characters to like confront their conflicts a little bit, like yep. they have to talk to people. And I felt like the movie needed more of that. So it was actually funny, like the moment that the Christmas party was mentioned, I was like something switched in my brain where I was like, Oh, okay, like we're building towards something. Like something mm-hmm. is going to happen and I understand what it means for these characters who are kind of socially awkward a little bit like introverted like in their like you know and they they have their own struggles like uh, and then once we got there like i actually that was really interesting um and i i know i'm kind of putting a criticism in my favorite part but i just mean to say like i think the movie all in all like needed more of a guiding light and like mm. this kind of thing was really this it was good when this kind of thing did happen i see what you mean yeah like it does kind of feel like where is this going? I took a different take on that before I, you know, I get into my favorite part and yeah. stuff like that. But um, I sometimes with older movies, I find they are a little more rambly. And so yeah. if if I find that's where it's going at the start, I do kind of just kind of like relax a little bit, and I'm like, okay, this is, you know, the movie's decided it it wants to be a little kind of free flowing, and I'll I'll just see where it takes me. Yeah. Uh, so, so I didn't have too much of a problem with that, but I, w- I will comment on the Christmas party. I think you're exactly right. Uh, to use the you know save the cat terms, it's like your dark night of the soul, and I like that every character gets one. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's really important. And like you said, it's a crucible. It's a it's a a place where like the worst things are happening to two thirds of the characters. Yeah. Um, so and one of the characters having a really good time. Really actually. good time. Yeah, <laughs> and it's 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 kind of the fact that the other characters are, you know, imposing themselves on him that yeah. then ruins it because it was something so good and then it's taken away. Uh, I think that's but, also really cool that it's like not it's not bad for everyone. It's some people are having a good time, some people are having a bad time, and then how that changes the dynamics between those characters. I also think it's good that I think overall the arc that both at least Angus and Paul Giamatti take this arc of they have to learn to not be self-centered and learn to care mm-hmm. and learn to be yes. centered towards others. And so it's also like it's an interesting moment where it's a really good conversation when they're leaving and um, oh what's and Mary and Mary has been crying because she was thinking about her son uh, and she Paul blows up at him because um he's like being she's like what well, this woman is crying like she's grieving her son and you're concerned about like going back into this party um and then i forget exactly what the response is but he like he also points out 
to Paul Giamatti. Angus points out to Paul Giamatti, who I forgot the character's name of, uh, something Paul. along the lines of Paul. Is it actually Paul? Oh, it Paul is Paul. Paul is okay. playing Paul, yeah. Okay. Uh, he points out to Paul, like, you don't need to, like, you don't need, like, pity or, like, you're not doing this, like, you're you're kind of providing this self-righteous air, but there's something, there's something disingenuous about it, which is true about his character. And I really like scenes like that, where both characters are kind of doing something wrong and are both kind of right about each other. And mm. so, like, it's a, it was a moment of, like, clever writing that I, th- I thought was really strong. From that scene, uh, I, I actually, I don't think I caught that, but I, I did like the bit where Paul blows up at him and says, um, and I think this must have been the end of that scene, because he says, like, you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to have to, to be here to be yeah. babysitting you. Uh, you know, I wish, like, uh, I love the, the dialogue of this particular moment. Uh, he says, like, I, you know, I wish a, a helicopter or a plane or a flying fucking saucer, you know, yeah. came to pick you up. And I just love, like, the flying saucer element is, like, like it adds, like, texture to it. And um, it, in a way, like, it makes it feel more real. Like, yeah. the fact that, like, it gets kind of more insane and it's it's meaner. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, one of those examples where it's just, like, they're little bits of, like, really good dialogue. Yeah. In this in this script of like that's defined and then there's just like these moments that Paul Giamatti gets to just like chew on it's yeah yeah I will say though for that moment I don't know how you felt I felt like there was a slight directorial misfire with shot choice in that it hangs on this like wide three shot like medium wide three yes. shot yes. and yes, I, I was did, like actually. I was like and I felt this moment I felt this a lot in this movie where I felt like moments weren't properly punctuated because of the shot choice. Uh, and I was like, I feel like I need to see Angus's face at least. And he's just straight up not facing the camera. Like, I just need to see how that played on him. And there were multiple times throughout the movie where I was like, I just need you to kind of do at least one single. I just need to see this a little bit. And it just didn't... Like, I, yeah. I felt like a bit of meaning was lost sometimes. And I felt like sometimes the conflict between Angus and Paul was sometimes didn't even feel real. Because it, it felt like they didn't actually... I felt like Paul was genuinely bothered by Angus most of the time, but then I, for most of the movie, I was like, I feel like Angus does really doesn't even give a shit. Like, like very little yeah. of what Paul is saying to him actually is hurting him or is even angering him. He's just like, ah, oh, whatever. And it's like, I, I actually, but then they, they act like they've had this kind of heated conflict and they haven't really. And so like, and I think shot choice would have ameliorated that a lot. I, I agree. I don't want to get too much into that. Yeah, um, I know that's but, a different tangent, but yeah. But, like, I that is something that I found, and that's kind of what I was referring to with the characterization. Um, just to wrap up on the Christmas party, I think maybe there's two bits of that I'll, I'll touch on just to finish your favorite part. Um, the kiss moment between Angus and... Uh, is it Elise? Denise? Elise. Something Elise. Denise. It was Elise, Elise Denise. Denise. Yeah. That's great. That's great writing. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, the moment where like they're the romantic moment between them that's that's great that's movie yeah that's movies i, I did like kind of i'm not gonna lie to you though that's also emblematic of a different problem i had in this film where it's like i feel like sometimes characters just do things because they're like supposed to that is true and it's yeah. like time and it felt a little bit like that the kiss for some reason felt less like that than when he first goes into the basement and she just goes into a quick monologue about picasso and i was like what oh the- I, was I like, thought what the that hell was really are you talking? Weird. I was like, "That's yeah, you should, like you just met this guy literally yeah. twenty seconds ago," and I think like a certain amount of that is the style. Characters are very charactery; they're not 
supposed to be quite real, if that makes sense. They're not supposed mm. to quite act like real people, but I don't think it's executed with enough precision that it feels consistent. Like, for example, a Wes Anderson movie where every character right. does not, like, they are, that is a character, and you know you're watching characters, but there are so many little details within that that I think differentiate them really well, And but this movie doesn't have that, and so I think sometimes characters just come across as being a mouthpiece for whatever the writer needs them to be. Yeah, I, I did. At some point, I, I did feel that with the the Elise character because she does kind of show up just to be um, of service for the Angus yeah. or Angus's character growth. She doesn't really. We don't. She doesn't exist beyond the scene. Right. Uh, I think if perhaps that character, uh, I don't know. If perhaps the character had been in other parts of the movie, it would feel less weird. Uh, it would be kind of getting similar to the Lydia character though and I, I wouldn't want to do that yeah. um, I just I just think the moment between them they share later is, is quite nice it is uh, sweet and it's shot well too is, yeah like exactly yeah, yeah that's that's what yeah. I like and uh, I also like the moment where Lydia and Paul are talking and um, they're having like a nice moment and then she stands up and she kisses her husband and her, yeah. her boyfriend I'm not sure uh, yeah. and that shot choice is really good. Like it's a lot. Yeah. Of, this movie's yeah. a lot of like really good choices for in like almost all departments, and then some where you're like, I don't know about that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. this is an example of rarely really good where it's using depth. They're standing in the background, and we see Paul just turn to look in the foreground, and then he turns around as soon as he sees what he sees, and he's not even he doesn't overact. He's yeah. just like kind of like dead. And, and it's like he it's almost like perfect. he expected it. Like it's like it's like he had gotten his mm. hopes up a little bit, but he had really he'd been like, Of course. It's a moment of like of course this happens because he's he has a good amount of self pity within him. I, it's yeah, a good, it's it's a really good character moment. It's like 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 I, I wrote that he's crushed, but I love that he doesn't like act crushed, you know? Yeah. Like it, it's yeah. it's the subtlety of acting. Um for favorite part, I have a few. I'll I'll sure. stick with with one that I have a lot to say about, or I don't know if I have a lot. Just there's more to it. Mm-hmm. Um, when they're chasing each other around the school, I thought that was so funny. When Angus decides like I'm just gonna be a brat, and he's yeah. like kicking the garbage can, he's tearing posters off the wall. Paul's like like try to keep up, and then they go to the gym, and he, uh, Paul's like this is your Rubicon. And then he, he like the face he makes is excellent. And cause like turns around smirks and he says something in Latin, like snarky to be like, I don't give a fuck, but Latin. Yeah. And then he does like the gymnastic thing. Do 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 lands, pause, pause, pause. Ah, and then cut to Paul Giamatti's face. I love that bit. See that bit didn't quite land for me either because I don't know if it was just, I felt like it was a bit of the performance of the Angus actor and a bit of the timing where I didn't even register that he actually hurt himself until like well into it. And I was like, is yeah. he doing a bit? Like I thought he was pretending. I thought it did Angus seem was like that. Pre- I will agree. I thought Angus was pretending to have hurt. And so I think like the immediacy is really important for me to, for the comedy to hit there and because the immediacy it was because the joke was delayed for me because i didn't get quite what was happening yeah. until a few seconds like i just felt like yeah it was a bit of a misfire to me what i'll say to that is that i think that's a, a problem with the editing actually because mm. i think i think the way that works is scream 
look at Paul's face, him run, hard cut, and don't show, like... Because it's when he pops up and he's, like, holding his hand, kind of, like, yeah. dinosaur hand. It's seeing that that we're, like, yeah. is that... That doesn't if, seem you're right. real. If we, if we had kept if a Paul's cut. face being, like, ah, and then, like, he did it, yeah, because then you know. And yeah, that's yeah. also what the trailer does, I think, so just yeah. do it like the trailer did. They did it right. Yeah. And then when it hard cuts to the car... And you you see Paul and he's like I yeah don't know. oh oh my oh, god that's I don't a know. great shot I actually I love the shot of his hand in the foreground and he's like oh but what's great about this part of the editing is you cut to Paul first and it's so it's this suspense yeah and so you're like yeah. what's he look like in the back seat and he's like oh how could I do this I can't believe I did this and then you cut to uh, Angus and he's got like the best face like he said like yeah. his arm is limp <laughs> but like his face like he's like tears like snot covering his face he's yeah like, how could you no, do it, this and it's it's this like great like pretty wide angle lens too because it like gives mm-hmm. it like kind of an absurd feeling like because this is an elevated moment compared to what has been happening for most of the movie and his hand is like really close to the camera so his hand is like really big in the frame and then the rest of it it's like it's like a well-conceived shot because it's like the injury of his arm and hand is imposing on him because it's so big and it's nice yeah that's yeah. and I think that's what like that's what makes it really clear that he's actually injured himself. Yeah, um, and it's funny because like also like that could have just been a bit, but then I feel like it kind of smoothly transitions into like, okay, no, but this has serious repercussions because this yeah. is a comedy drama, and I didn't I didn't feel like there was a hard like this is funny and now it's serious, right? Like it, somehow I, I didn't even like kind of register like oh it's serious now, you know. No, I, didn't, um, I I thought the transition was good too. But to talk about another thing that happens next, there's another moment of characters just like suddenly do another thing. This is what I mean by suddenness, where mm-hmm. a character does something or something happens where it's like, I can't say that it's out of completely nowhere because it is somewhat in line with what I've seen and what I would expect from this kind of movie. But it somehow doesn't feel set up and i think it comes from that same lack of detail sometimes so when they're in the hospital it's revealed that uh like paul giamatti can get fired for this right because he's like Mm -hmm. angus is like super rich kid if his parents find out about it it's like he's he's out of there whatever and then just kind of out of nowhere angus like lies to cover for him i was like why would he do that like I just don't I don't I don't think their relationship is fleshed out and makes sense until the last third or so of the movie and then their relationship makes a lot of sense to me once they've like bonded a little bit and once we've seen how they've reacted in different situations they've seen like private lives of each other a little bit like but before then it's like I get the sense that they don't even like, they don't, like, know each other that well. It's not like they're a teacher-student that have been playing this kind of, like, cat-and-mouse game where, like, oh, he gets the good grades, but this kid pisses me off because he's always doing this. He just feels like another one of the kids, and it feels like there's yeah. nothing specific about him. Um, and, it again, it's like I said, like, it feels like... It feels like, one, Angus has never been that angry at Paul... And then two, but then at the same time, it feels like he doesn't care enough about him to bail him out. Like, I just don't, I don't see that from that character. And maybe, I guess you could argue, like, it's supposed to be, like, the first moment of that happening. And in fairness to the script, it says after, like, oh, well, now I, now you owe me one. Like, now I got you. But then, like, that doesn't, 
like lead to anywhere and it's it's like i don't know like just i feel like i needed at least a moment earlier where i see that like the guy has a heart i and i i guess okay and i guess there is that i guess there's the bedwetting thing but for some reason like none of it just quite connected and there was a lot of that with me where the characters didn't feel consistent and so when they did things it felt like it was out of nowhere yeah so this is this is something i had picked up on the movie uh well sorry while watching the movie uh i did find that compared to paul giamatti's character who is fairly consistent of being like kids fucking suck i hate doing this i hate that i have to be here you're annoying you're a prick um i found that the angus character just seemed kind of like too like regular yeah he never veered into like uh, a consistent emotional state or like feeling towards uh paul um i found that i found that he was just too friendly a lot of the time like early scenes early being like the early first or early second act uh so maybe after half an hour there he'll just ask him personal questions but like not only like is the delivery so so first it's weird that he's asking like because it shows that he kind of cares what about like paul and like is yeah. to even bother asking him a question and then the delivery is also like chatting to a friend it's yeah. not it never felt begrudging i i was always kind of like feeling that the character should be a little more like withdrawn and not wanting to talk yeah. to paul like why would you want to hang out with him it seemed like he wanted to hang out with paul yeah. and it's and, okay if like yeah. if that is like a buried desire in a character whereas like he actually for whatever reason does feel some affinity with this teacher that's fine but i do feel like the character should and like needs to uh not express that and like be in denial of it and so, mm. like so like yeah like we're like you're saying like when he just kind of unabashedly is being pleasant with him it's like well, wait what's going on here and i i also felt that just like between the schoolboys too where it's like and in fairness like there's a bit of that like when you're a teenage boy like there's a little bit of that where it's like you're one second it's like a, a bad argument and then the next second like you're laughing with each other or whatever like but it yeah. didn't feel like it was a result of that it felt like it was a result of again a lack of details because and i'll elaborate on that now because you touched on this a little bit where a lot of the information we get about this character about characters in this movie is strictly through dialogue and it's like rambles and expository kind of speeches that come out of nowhere often like they just decided to say it or a, like a very forced conversation happens mm-hmm. and i feel like there aren't enough moments of like how does how does this character walk how does this character when he walks into a room like what does he what does he do like how does he how does he react uh, if it's cold? If he's cold, what does he do? Because it's snowing all the time. How does he react to the cold? And I feel like all of the boys kind of react the exact same way to everything. They kind of deliver every line almost the exact same way. And they all kind of feel the same. And yeah. I think that there are little moments where, like, for example, when Angus uh, gets up in the middle of the night and he starts, like, skipping down the hall, I was like, oh, oh, this is like a... Mm-hmm this is like a character that's just like a little character detail of like he he skips down the hall instead of just like walking like and you actually really get a sense of this kid like in that moment uh and i don't think there's enough of that though yeah i'll say to the character adding to that um like you you're you're picking on like um 
the group of boys who are who are left over the the bully i found is, is probably what you're referring to like sometimes he's, he's main, like yeah so, sometimes like he's really mean and it sometimes seems he's like he, like racist and it seems horrible. like he yeah. hates yeah well yes and, yeah. and other times it seems like he he also hates angus and then yeah. other times he's like hey do you want to bum a smoke like 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 yeah. you know yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. it's like what and i think i think maybe my issue is not that you know characters can show different sides or they can be you know maybe one moment they're feeling mean and then another time they can be not mean but i think i think it's shades and yeah. so i think i think my issue is not that you know sometimes the bully is mean sometimes he's not mean it's that it should be he's mean and then sometimes he's begrudging respect respectful yeah. you know like no, it's, i agree it's it's yeah. instead of sometimes he's mean and sometimes he's nice because that doesn't make sense and I think the same problem is with all the, maybe all the kid characters, um, but more so for Angus as well. It's that sometimes there's an extreme. There's um, him being very, very mischievous and um, kind of confrontational sometimes. And other times he's just like completely normal. And I, I think it's hard to get a grasp of what this character's deal is. Yeah. That's kind of how I like to yeah. think about it. Um, so, you know, ultimately I'm like, or at, by the end of the movie, I'm kind of like, okay, his his deal is he talks. He's a talker, so he he's he lies. Uh, he maybe talks too much. He he even says this. He like says things without thinking um, about his, how his audience is gonna feel about it. Yeah, um, and that's so another like, line where it's like, yeah, I guess you do that. <laughs> like when he's yeah. Like, yeah, I think I think that's an example of one of a line that is said describing what how a character acts. That I was like, you know what? That is sort of true, and especially later, I'll I'll see it come up more and more. There yeah. are some lines though where I completely agree with you. The characters are described of being away, and I'm like, that's that's just not true. Yeah. I haven't seen that at all. So I have two examples that I wrote down. One is Paul Giamatti says, or, or I forget if it's a question, but the the essence is that Paul Giamatti basically de- uh, declares he he prefers being alone, and when you've been yeah. with people every scene in this movie since since after the the character introduction so like there's one moment but it's it hasn't become a pattern yet and, he, and from from the first scene with him and mary for example very uh bad, congenial bad like like but, uh, yeah, but i mean like also he true. clearly he from the very beginning like he clearly likes and res- respects this person and is pretty mm-hmm. open and honest with her like you yeah. know what i mean like it's like he clearly has a friend immediately mm-hmm. <laughs> and the the other uh, dialogue that like describes a character that I, I found was very odd was when he's talking to Lydia about her boss. She's the secretary for like the headmaster, yeah. and who's mm, what? It, so he he's the headmaster. He decided that Paul would be um, the holdover teacher, and he's mad at him because Paul failed a student who was rich. Uh, and there's been some repercussions because of that. I also don't really know what the repercussions were. I kind of, I don't really feel those being real threats. But um, anyway, so they're talking about that character, the headmaster. That headmaster scene, just describing how the character acted, was like he seemed really normal. Also, yeah, like the headmaster was just kind of like, like truly just a man doing his job. Never like even when he was mad at Paul, was not like yelling at him or berating him or anything. And I was I was like, 
even then I was like, this is not really a strong characterization choice. It's very no. like just normal. But then I'll, just to get to the point, sure. when Paul and Lydia are talking about him, they're like, yeah, he's got a dictator complex. Yeah, and that doesn't that doesn't feel accurate what? either. Yeah, that 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 I agree with you on that line. Though so I was just gonna say though, I I think that it actually is true as well though that the principal or the headmaster or whatever, um, that he is a uh, like a smarmy ass. Like in the, even though he isn't like very overt about it, and I think that it also makes sense that uh, given Paul Giamatti's character that he would hate this guy. Like that like that makes sense to me, mm. and. Uh, like, and in fairness, like, the argument that the guy is making is absurd that, like, from, uh, from like, a moral level that it's, like, you should have just, like, passed this kid because his parents are donors to the thing. Like, that's bad. Like, you shouldn't... That's a morally bad thing. And I do understand why Paul Giamatti... That was actually one of the things I liked about his character is that, like, even though his character's kind of an asshole, there was something, like, to bring us into him where it's, like, he's kind of correct. Like... Um, and I can actually talk about a br broader point here where it's like his whole thing is that like these characters, these boys have everything handed to them and like they don't really know, they don't know like what it is to struggle and you know, like they have their shit handed to them. They don't really live with consequences. There's even a point being made that like they are not the ones that go fight in this war, generally speaking. Um, and when that first, when they were talking about that first, I was like, oh, is this going to be a, a movie about like how actually like we're all humans and it's like because that's dumb because it's like yeah obviously but that doesn't negate the point and what i liked about this movie is that like it didn't try to negate that it didn't try to say that that wasn't true that this privilege yeah. didn't exist it just tried to point out that even though he might have been somewhat correct paul in saying this like the reason he's saying that is to mask his own insecurities and to lash out and so it becomes an interesting character detail in a character-driven movie instead of being, like, a point about how... Like, a, a convoluted point about how, like, yeah, their parents are rich, but, like, they're alone. Like, if that was, like, the yeah. whole point of the movie, that would be really lame. And so I'm glad the movie didn't do that. Yeah, I think what's good for that is that anytime he brings something up like that, like when he says, boys... Uh, oh, I, I wrote it down, actually. I think it's Barton. Barton boys don't go to Nam, is what he says. And why why the movie works the way you're describing is because when something like that is said in a scene, no one negates it. Yeah. It is other scenes that just complicate that image. So no one no one says that that's wrong. He is it is true that they are you know handed things on a silver platter. They have the silver spoon in their mouth. They're quite lucky. Um, but it is also true that Angus is like a kid. And he's yeah. had a really tough life, a tough home life. And just because he has, you know, he's able to go to Barton and has afforded certain privileges does not mean he is not deserving of love or empathy. And I think that's kind of what the movie is saying. But it's also like it, it's never forced upon us, these well, conclusions. It is. I found that all to be quite natural and just like the truth of it is like these are characters deserving of empathy. Um but I think, I, I think you're right. It makes good points. I would even take it as like, I don't even know if I took it exactly that way. I, and I'm, and what I'm about to describe is almost the exact same thing. Just maybe a slight, just a different focus of it, I guess, sure. where it's like, it's almost like being unempathetic isn't righteous. 
is the point. Like the fact that he is lashing out on these kids and like like treat like treating them like they're little animals, like that's not that is nothing to do with like the class privilege that they have. You know what I mean? Like and that's that's what was really interesting to me because it's like he's doing that for very personal reasons. He's doing that it's, because of how he's been treated in the past. It's a vendetta and that's mm-hmm. immature and it's not good. Like and yeah, like cuz cuz again, like I just think the story of the story of like rich kid but mommy is but it's business mom and business dad who aren't there. It's just like yeah, okay. <laughs> But like, and so that's why it's that specific framing through Paul Giamatti that makes it, that saves it for me. Yeah, I like, yeah, the the, the kind of the exploration of Paul's character I found really interesting. Um, I think this movie is trying to say something about like history. I mean, it's quite obvious that Paul is a history teacher. He's he's kind of obsessed with the past, both in just like an educational sense, um, but also like his own personal past. Uh, I yeah. think like like we're talking about right now like he's he's obsessed about that one event where he was at harvard i think and a his roommate plagiarized his thesis or whatever and to save his own you know to save his own ass he the rich kid uh said that paul was the one who plagiarized him and just because you know he was rich he was able to uh stay and Mm, Paul wasn't Paul wasn't even uh, ejected out of Harvard for that. He was he hit him with a car, which was, yeah. I, that made me laugh. That was funny. Um, he says it was an accident, but I, I was kind of yeah. like, was it was it yeah. an accident? Um, but anyway, so he's got this vendetta because he, he you know he, he couldn't go to Harvard, so he was forced to go back to his high school, who was the only per, only place that would hire him, and he's stuck in the past literally because he's not yeah. he's never left high school. And I thought that was really, I just love that idea of like, like a character who's literally stuck in their past and who can't move on. And because of that has, you know, gnarled and turned into this, like, you know, mean spirited, selfish selfish person, uh, who is taking out their anger on others, on their, on his students. Um, and so, which is why the end of the ending is so powerful. And I was like, yeah. When I realized, like, oh, he's stuck in the past, I was like, he has to leave. I yeah. knew, like, quite, not maybe not super early, but I was like, oh, this, he's gonna have to leave this school, like, and that's gonna be so awesome. And when it happened, like, the ending, the ending really hit me. Um, I don't, I don't think I cried, but like, you know, I was like, I was tearing up and I was feeling it, you know, yeah. the the goodbye. I was like, this is really, this is a really important moment, uh, for both these characters, and I just, I love how it ended, um, that whole story. Yeah, I just I think it's great. Like you're saying, a selfish character who's stuck in the past has to be self-sacrificing in order to end es- in that act escape it. It's like mm-hmm. that's just that's great. That's very that's very poetic and nice. Not only that, to escape the past, he actually has to like basically he's confronted with the same choice that he had years ago. Like the the sticking point that he's not moved on from yeah. is taking the blame for a rich kid and. He yeah. didn't want to do it then, and the only way out is to relive that and to take the blame, but this time on his own terms to be like, no, I, I'll do this, and for good reason. Yeah. Um, and so the kind of like that mirroring is really interesting. I'm not sure what it's trying to say about that. Like, you have to take – I don't know if the I rich don't, part I don't th- is a factor I think, necessarily. 
I think the reason behind that uh, is just as simple as, like, he just has to be... He has to overcome himself that much, and, like, he has to let his empathy for this boy... Yeah, like champion him in this moment. I, I think it's not. I don't think it's suggesting that in the past you should have done the same thing because it's like mm-hmm. no, he got fucked over in the past. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else? <laughs> I well, uh, I was gonna say I read another yeah. example of a character saying something that is just like that is not what I've been watching. There's one point where Mary says to Paul, "This is in the latter half of the movie." He gives her like a compliment about her food. And then she's like, is that an actual compliment? And then yeah. everyone's like, huh. And it's like, he's he has complimented your food already at least once nice. in this movie. He's been mm-hmm. very nice to you. Like, I was like, like what? It's like, what are you talking about? That is not what I've been watching. Yeah, so let's, let's take this and go into the dialogue generally in the script. I did yeah. find that, like, yeah, there's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of telling... And yeah. describing how characters are, um, in, both instead of showing us, and just like completely contradictory to what we are <laughs> yes. shown. Sometimes, like that is a good thing. Like it's not necessarily a bad thing to do that uh, on principle. Like it can be quite interesting right. for a character to say, you know, I'm I'm so honest, and then to show them being deceiving. Like that yeah. is like a wrinkle. That's just right. you know the fact that we we say things about ourselves that are not true we we show how we are in reality the, the, but the way this you, is different the way you understand a person and a character is through multiple different sources one of them being the person themselves their actions the other one being the person's words the other being words of another person like and so it mm-hmm. i agree it's interesting when those sources are not aligned but the example i brought up is just like like the movie just, it, yeah. the movie's clearly supposed to be like you're supposed to understand that's the that's what the basis of that joke is you're supposed to understand like oh this curmudgeon asshole is coming around but it's like he's been he hasn't been that much of an asshole like yeah i think i think generally people are not that mean in this movie and yes. i think i think we needed to dial up the mean people yes. needed it's it's a classic problem of people starting off too nice and so they don't really have anywhere to go um if you start people off in worst places you know they start meaner um they're not friends then it shows change it's an arc yeah um and i did find yeah um i'll see if there's anything else i mentioned i have another thing this is this is writing but also it's also performance and directing because i think that a lot of my problems is the way the way characters interact with each other and the escalation of individual scenes of the emotional tension in individual scenes which I think is lacking. And I think that comes down to like, you have to point at the director at some point, if that's like mm-hmm. a constant problem you're having. Um, and then I also think it's a script thing and also a performance and editing thing, but like, <laughs> and but production like, design and catering <laughs> and location. <laughs> but you know, you know what I mean though, where it's like, yeah. uh, and so like there are moments where like, yeah, characters just like, I don't think it's written super well because the characters are kind of doing something out of nowhere. And then I don't think it's directed well because it's like you probably could find a way to escalate it, but they haven't. Mm-hmm. A good example I have is there's one moment where I forget exactly, but Paul and Mary are talking. Uh, Angus comes in and sees that there are brownies and he goes and picks one up. Ooh, and brownies. they're having like a super normal conversation where like they seem to like each other like a decent amount. And like a small thing happens and then angus is just like fuck this and he like throws the brownie at a wall and it's like 
if you want to say that this character is like erratic then okay but he hasn't really been erratic and it's also like the way that escalates i i don't even believe he's upset and i think that's also performance to be fair like i just don't i don't buy this guy as a very erratic person you have Um, to be in order to be erratic you have to be consistently erratic yes yes (laughs) i love the irony of that though yeah Um, um and like yeah, so it's just like he just does it, and it's like what? I I kind of giggled yeah. in the theater because I was like, what are you doing, man? I know, I know <laughs> the scene. The context of the scene is they're talking about the Christmas party. That's why she's made the brownies. So he's yeah. eating the brownies. She says, "No, that's for the Christmas party." And then Paul's like, "By the way, you're not going." And he's oh, like, yeah. "What the fuck?" <laughs> so it's, I, I do think it's again like the choice of like shades of emotions is just kind of off in the movie. You know, so this isn't, like, going too far for the character we've gotten used to, you know? Like, yeah. sometimes the extremes the extremes just don't line up. It's the, the range is too wide. We'll see a character, you know, be really angry or mean, and then they're, if, like, there's just kind of, like, a set amount of, like, think of it like, like a spectrum, and there's, sure. like, a slider of, like, how how where you are on that spectrum and that's like the range you have it's your range and so if you're if you can be quite explosive your calm range is going to be further on the explore explosive the explosive (laughs) side or at least you have to you know you you have to feel the the potential for explosion most of the time then that has to feel like something that can happen most of the time uh yeah not just like and I'm just like, it's what? just all like, over the place. Yeah, I just thought, I thought that was like a legitimately like a funny moment, and not in the way that it may be intended. I was just like, what? What are you doing, man? Yeah, chill out. <laughs> uh, more on the the script stuff. There's, let's see, the piss the bed scene was one that I was like, this is stupid. It felt really? very much like it yeah, was it's forced. Yeah, I felt like that one was like, you know, a couple issues. One, I don't really, you know, I'm not a scientist. That's not the job, but like, do kids piss the bed that old? Like, I was I like, did. this feels okay. Okay, so yeah, I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm um, that, yeah. okay, thank you. Uh, <laughs> then, but like, as the scene goes on, like the kids, like, I have no friends, I have no family, like, just kind of like telling us everything, and then yeah. it resolves really strangely. Like, yeah, like, there is. Yeah. Angus, Angus doesn't even really do anything, and he's like, thanks, and like to Angus, the guy says thanks to Angus, and I'm like, why? What? Did, he didn't even yeah. do anything. He didn't, like, try to resolve the problem. He just yeah. kind of said, like, we'll deal with it tomorrow, and then we don't see them deal with it tomorrow. Yeah, and then um, I will say, as someone who has has insider knowledge here, as a kid who apparently. was a longtime bedwetter, he okay. also specifically says, like, find a dry spot uh, and, like, try, try to find a dry spot and sit there. And it's like, brother, if you're doing that, you're on the very edge of the bed. I can tell you mm-hmm. that from my, from my past experience. You have to, like, you have to be in an uncomfortable position. But he just kind of rolls over. And I would just say logistically that wouldn't have done anything for him <laughs> in that situation. <laughs> that's your that's your highest. Just to break, it, break it down. <laughs> but um, no, I I think it's really weird that he doesn't like help him. Yeah, it's weird that he doesn't help him then. Like just quietly yeah. get the sheets off or something. Like I don't know. I get the feeling like a lot of that first act is spent being like, here's Angus. He's mean sometimes, but he's also a good student, or at least yeah. better than everybody else. And that's he's supposed sort of, to be like a save the cat moment, where it's yeah, like, yeah. That's or, what I'm saying. Yeah. Is like he's sort yeah. of mean, but also he's the nicest one of them. And I'm like, 
there's a lot like we can't really decide what he is and we're trying so hard to be like no but he's nice don't worry like trust me he's nice and so there's like three different scenes where we're being like no but seriously trust me this kid is nice because they just haven't committed to him being one way or the other so there's there's the bedwetting scene there's the scene with the mitt i love the mitt bit though the mitt bit um where this this mormon younger one of the younger kids is his mitt is stolen and it's it's lost and then um angus is not even like like that nice about it he's just kind of like just a little understanding he's like yeah he he left you one mitt so that it would sting all the more when you look yeah at that's it. a good line and doesn't help him find it and then the kid goes to the river and he see and he throws the other mitt and it floats down the river that's just a great image but i just yeah. love that like nice but without being forced nice as opposed to like this weird wet the bed scene and then there's also the scene with like the kid or the the bully kid just being racist and i don't know how i feel about that like i I bet that is what it was at the yeah. time, but also like it. I bet I that's what it is like, now at those schools. Well, like maybe, yeah. yeah. It, it's one of those things where I just feel like modern sensibilities leaking into a period piece, and it feels strange. Where you know, because the filmmaker and the audience they are making this movie for are like, racism is bad, so we have to put a scene in to be like racism is bad, and. It always just feels like like they had to do it. It doesn't feel natural and like I I agree that racism is bad, but you know, like I yeah, one yeah. of those things that just felt like like um ticking the boxes or that's not the right I word. I don't think you know? that's I don't think that's my problem with it. I think I think the idea behind it is that they wanna like on some level I think they're like they're testing you to empathize with these kids a little bit and so it's mm. like this kid who's like really acting out and is like really being an asshole like he's doing something that we know to be really bad i also think part of the intention is to differentiate this kid as being a really bad kid but because he just because of the way he acts it almost doesn't come across that he's worse than the other guys like he doesn't seem like that normal he doesn't seem like that worse of a guy that angus obviously like the thing he is saying and doing is worse than anything angus is saying or doing but just their general demeanor is like the same so it's like it's like what's going on here and so my problem is just like I, i again like i feel like whatever point is being made by that is lost just by a lack of specificity yeah uh well speaking of specificity and while we're on the script uh i will say in contrast there are a couple of really good lines uh we have brought up a lot of them uh, barton boys don't go to nam was one i had written down the the flying saucer one but there's two other ones that i liked um there's a point where mary says um they're talking about paul is writing a book but it's not a book it's a monograph because it is shorter than a book and mary says you can't even dream a whole dream can you and I, I, I like yeah. that. I like that line in I like that line reading it and hearing it in the context of that scene. That's another one where I was like, Okay. Like it was yeah. it was No, a, I understand. It, it was a character mouthpiece moment for me where the character's just mm-hmm. saying it's like you're clearly trying to point be like, Look, look at the arc the guy's gonna go on, look what he's gonna yeah. do. Like, do you see? Do you see what we're doing? And I was yeah. like, Okay. <laughs> Uh, and then the other one that I did like is um, 
something something about like nothing makes sense anymore uh the world is on fire and i think that's something paul gets to say and i'm not sure if i like the line as much as maybe it was just paul's delivery of it mm. it's just like he eases shit up you know yeah he's like the world is on fire and he seems like scared like that was also a moment where it was in a good way i actually felt the writer peeking through there's sometimes where i think the writer really reveals himself in a script and i actually think it's nice like there's something that's just personal trauma about it and that was to me an example of that where he was like oh this is this guy like contending with a modern world and interestingly enough like using it like transposing it to the past in order to do so i think maybe part of maybe the difference here is that like saying the world is on fire like you said it's it's that I, again the the modern sensibilities but uh putting them on the period piece this works for me almost like maybe that feels more honest like that mm. comes from like it feels like it's coming from a, a place of fear yeah. instead of like 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 intelligence or like superiority of of being like super analytical and being like you know the world this these days is it's on fire it's it's terrible it's it feels honest and sincere like this is how the writer is actually feeling yeah and i i feel like that comes across really well um what else should i talk about um i'm just about done i have some things i can rattle off that are somewhat quick yeah go for it we haven't talked about cinematography really yet but i i Not quite much, liked yeah. it generally uh like there's there i've talked about some directorial misfires and there are a few where it's like a shot um a shot like particularly it's editing too where like a shot will it'll cut to like a wide specifically it happens where it cuts to a wide and it hangs on the wide for too long and it's supposed to be a joke and it's just weird um that mm. happens but then there are also some really really nice shots there's one i wrote one particular where there's a really nice shot where um angus is about to walk into the room to see his dad and he's in the center of the frame it's pretty wide the wall kind of takes up most of the left half of the frame and it like really the lines draw you to this boundary that angus has to cross cross and because the wall is so opaque and it fills up the left side of the screen and we know that's where he's going it adds to the ambiguity and the unknown the unknown of what mm. is on the other side of this boundary and then he's looking back on the right side of the frame to see paul giamatti and he just has this really nice look on his face too and he looks very small and alone and like unsure and it's just it's a really it's a really really well done shot it's just one that i pointed out um i have some other ones but i'll let you hop in yeah that was that was in the hallway right of the yeah. psych ward yeah yeah that was good um yeah i'll, I'll say the same thing uh i forgot to look this up but it, it seems like it's shot on film yeah seems, seems there was like even it. there was even a thing they talked about uh like the they credited the coloring process which is like yeah a film, film. yeah with the the yeah. classic like yeah. yeah i saw that um and yeah, so so that always looks lovely. Uh, the yeah. lighting, I was yeah. routinely like noting, like, oh, this is fantastic. Lots very of natural cozy. lighting. Exactly what I want from like a Christmas lighting. movie. Like very. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's a very nice Christmas movie. I think yeah. this this one is, and one that I think would appeal to older audiences. I didn't have a very full theater, but I'm pretty sure the people who were there were older, and the kind of thing where they get to, oh, 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 they get to do their their yeah. old chuckle. Uh, <laughs> But back to the cinematography, uh, you know, I love also long lenses. And I think that's something that's kind of been lost in the modern filmmaking sensibilities. Um, and so lots of long lenses and zoom lenses. And so uh, yeah, they, they definitely use those to full effect. And 
there's that one really great moment where he's looking where Paul is looking for Angus yeah and he, he steps outside and as soon as it started I was like oh I know exactly what yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. like is it it's yeah. so it's such a long lens where you can feel the compress like if you know what to look for you feel yeah. how compressed it is and like like it's distorted in such a way and so uh he's he's filling up the frame sort of and he's looking for Angus and he steps outside and he goes Angus and and then it really quickly zooms out yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and it's a super wide shot of, of the building that's uh, another thing i can compliment the movie is so. its use of zooms on one hand very in line with the kind of 70s aesthetic uh lots, lots of zooms in the 70s from what i've seen mm. at least uh but i also like different differentiation between zooms there are some slow zooms at the right moment there are those big crash zooms like the one you talked about and i think like They've used, uh, they've taken full effect of zooms, meaning different things in different spots. I think that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, I'll I'll compliment. Um, I guess it's sort of script, but just uh, to wrap that up, at least. Um, what I like about this movie is, and I think I remember from the other Alexander Payne movie I've seen, which is uh, Sideways, the other one he did with Paul Giamatti. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really good at he's really good at moments of like tender moments between characters that feel genuine and like genuinely heartwarming instead of feeling like forced or hokey and so yeah. i felt this movie is good at that if nothing else and so there's some that we haven't mentioned yet um there's the part where they do i think it's the the cherry foster maybe uh they do the the diy one in the in the parking lot with you know the flask of alcohol oh, yeah, and yeah, they, yeah. the lighter and it catches the fire and they're like oh my god and they have to yeah that's a great moment that's a great moment where that's they're awesome. just like it's it's interesting they're doing something interesting you haven't seen in a movie before and in it brings them together there's the moment where it's new year's eve and they have the firecracker and they do it indoors and both of these they use distancing effects yeah um which i wonder if that's on purpose um like like as a way to make it feel more genuine um, instead it's of almost, being too close, I don't know. It's it, interesting. It also almost makes me feel like, oh, they're a family now, and we're not part of that, but we can mm. see it. Like it's it's almost we like need that, the whole that's, picture. Yeah, that's the way it feels to me when we do it. Um, but it's also what's good about those moments too is that they're doing something. Like, they're mm-hmm. doing something in the scene, and earlier yes. in the movie, there's a lot of scenes where they're not doing anything. Like it's yeah. it's just characters walk into a room, talk, and then leave. And like in a sense, like that's the ba- that's the most basic sense of what a scene is, right? But like, there, like that's what's towards the end of the movie. People are doing things a lot, and like that's mm-hmm. it makes it like a lot more compelling. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, other things I'll say, I love the soundtrack. Um, yeah, I, there's some choir, like this choral music in the background. Oh, all the time. it's just there's yeah. the choir stuff. I really love the um, the '70s, very like, qu- like folksy kind of like. The melancholy, um, I think it's, mm, I don't know if I would call it rock, just like uh, acoustic music. Yeah. So there's there's two artists who are recognized, although I don't think I knew the songs they had in the movie. Uh, one is Labby Sifra, very, very cool guy uh, with some great songs. You definitely know some of them. Um, he did the song that uh, Eminem sampled for one of the famous ones. My name is, I think. Oh, okay. Sure. Bam. Dun-na. Oh, okay. Dun-na. Yeah, Dun-na. Yeah. So, so that, yeah. yeah, all of that, that's sampled from one of his songs. It's called I Got The dot dot dot. Look that song up. It's awesome. 
Um, and then also Yusuf slash Cat Stevens has a song in this. He oh, did know, a song. I've heard of Cat Stevens, yeah. Yeah, he, he did a song for Guardians. He didn't do a song for Guardians. One of the songs <laughs> is in Guardians 2. Yeah. That's the father and son song. Um, I think the soundtrack choice is just, like, great. It completely yeah. feeds into the feelings this movie uh, is trying to evoke, and I, I think it was really well chosen. Do you have anything else uh, you yeah. want to talk about? Yeah, it's also interesting. The, the interesting thing is, like... Um, Okay, first I just want to rattle off. There's one more, a couple more shots that I just think are really nice. Oh, sorry, or I'll, yeah, say, yeah. I'll just say one in particular. There's, it's right at the beginning. It's just B-roll right at the beginning. We had a bunch of shots mm -hmm. of just like the campus. And there's one that's really right. gorgeous of just the shadow of a tree kind of stretching towards the camera. And we're on kind of a wide angle and it's just, yeah. it's really nice. But so there's that. Um, and then I also, on the soundtrack, I think um, it's really interesting to me that there's the choir in the background because... Am I like the first shot of the movie is someone conducting a boys choir? That's the very first thing correct. we see. Is that yeah. Paul Giamatti doing that? Is that Paul? No, it is not. It's not no. okay. Because I wasn't sure, like from because it wasn't, yeah, because we don't see him or whatever. But I just think I don't know. Like that's an interesting. It's interesting that we're introduced to that and then it kind of pervades the movie. And it's it's a detail yeah. that a detail that feels very intentional, but I don't know quite what it means. And I like I like that kind of thing in movies. It's. What is it? What does he say? Um, it's it's something compels me though. I don't know what he. It's from Knives Out. Mm. I don't Obama. remember. It's, it's peculiar. Compels me though. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, whatever. Um, I yeah. I was trying to figure out what the the choir thing was when I like while I was watching it. I couldn't couldn't figure it out. But I I agree that when when there's kind of like that mystery to like. A very clear like someone made a choice here and i'm like hmm i wonder what that means i i really do appreciate that do you have any other uh, shots you you wanted to point out no that's those are the main ones i had in my head okay uh any final thoughts on the movie uh i think i've said my piece said my piece said my peas okay well now that you've said your peas uh we do have a, a segment so do you want to say the segment piece yeah, so in case you guys haven't noticed, the podcast is called Predator vs. Movies. We've done yeah. the movie, and now it's time to get into the Predator. We asked the question, would this movie be better if the Predator from the movie Predator was in it? Mm. No. Probably not. It would not be. <laughs> that, that would be... That would, there is a David like... That would just ruin the tone <laughs> to see. Yeah, I don't... Yeah. When did Predator... Predator is an 80s movie, isn't it? it yeah, later. Yeah. Because I was say like they could have instead of going to see, what did they go see? They go see like a Dustin Hoffman movie. Oh right, yeah. They yes, could they could go see yeah, Predator, but yeah. that's not time accurate. It's anachronistic. Uh, they yeah. could do a Sofia Coppola, put some colors. Yeah, in exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's the only place I can see it. And then the other question we ask is who would win? And I guess in this case it's Paul Giamatti versus <laughs> the Predator. Uh, and Paul would. Paul would flunk the, the Predator. Paul would flunk. I was going to say, him if the he Predator was Latin. a student in his class, the yeah. Predator would have to make sure he's studying in order to f pass. Oh, there's one yeah. gag that I think is really funny really quick, where it's just a shot where he gave someone an F+. And I just think that's really funny. Cause that's, <laughs> a, that's not, like, the idea, like, he's that, like, fastidious about it. Yeah. But yeah. I think someone had laughed in my theater. I don't think I, I caught yeah. on, but someone was like, yeah, someone made, yeah. laughed about that. Uh yeah, I don't. I don't. In a fight to the death, Paul Giamatti does fucking die. I think it's to be. Clear. I think it's. I think it's so much more funny if we, <laughs> when we talk about this. 
that predator is not like trying to kill anyone. It's just like he's just accepted the role of a different character or like yeah. something. So like, yeah, like if he's he playing, was Angus, he's playing yeah. the opponent's game. Yeah. So the opponent in this case is Paul. Paul is a teacher, so he has to play the game of teacher student. Yeah. And I think predator couldn't pass. He couldn't pass. I don't Latin. think he'd pass. Yeah. I don't think he knows English. I don't, I don't think, think he knows any Earth language yeah. for that matter. I don't think that would go very well for him. Uh, next segment, we have Predator's Picks. We talk about what we have been watching, listening, reading, etc. Uh, and I, I have a backlog. I don't know about you. Uh, but do you want to tell us uh, what you've been doing? I, uh, so I've been beginning kind of... I've realized I haven't watched many... Um, this kind of began began where I watched a couple movies that were uh, like kind of sixties European, like just like broadly, like that's a broad category. But and I kind of realized like for some reason, just like the black and white photography made me think about noir a lot. And I was like, well, I haven't watched many noir movies, and so I think I'm gonna start kind of a noir. I'm transitioning out of my mm-hmm. horror deep dive where I was just watching horror movies for like a month or two, uh, and I think I'm gonna start watching some noir movies. You're in, uh, so well, I. So you're in Noirvember. Noirvember. I am in Noirvember. Yeah. Although starting quite late because I've only seen quite like late. two really. Like, uh, so I watched the thirty. Well, I first watched the Third Man with starring Orson Welles. Uh, well, he's not like the main character. Uh, directed by Carol Reed. It's a British movie. Uh, very very noiry. Uh, this is a great movie. This is I've really. Heard. This is an incredible oh, movie. Yeah. Um, really like tightly directed. Just love the shot choice. Uh, really interesting story. Um, and I think like very clearly, I mean, like this is kind of in the text, so it's not like, it's not like, I'm, wow, I'm picking up on this, but like very clearly a response to some like the post-World War II anxieties and like just a lot of like, it's, it's a really interesting movie. I would definitely recommend it to everyone. And then I went back and watched the uh, Alfred Hitchcock's The 39 Steps, which I decided one, because it's noir, two, because I know the main character is potentially from Winnipeg in that movie because oh. he is he is canadian and in the beginning he says he asks a guy do you there's this like guy who's performing and he's supposed to like he's a fact memorizer and he's supposed to know all these facts mm. and he asks him what is the dis- distance between winnipeg and toronto uh and we know that he's not ter- from toronto from a different scene in the movie we know he is canadian mm. so there's a, a somewhat decent chance the main character is chance. from winnipeg which is it's always which is always fun when movies reference Winnipeg or TV usually TV shows. It's hilarious because he yes. says, "Yeah, the third largest city in Canada." I was like, "Oh yeah, I guess it was that." Not anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I always, is, whenever someone says Winnipeg, I always do the Leo pointing meme. I'm always like, "Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm there right now. I'm from there." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that was, that was a good movie. There's, it's clearly, um, it clearly got hazed up <laughs> towards the end of it. I mean, there's one scene that is clearly a result of kind of haze code sensibilities, like just a little oh, bit. Oh, that's what I mean, yeah. Um, uh, but really good movie. Crazy to watch. Cause it's like, oh, every spy movie ever clearly borrows mm. from this so heavily. It's, it's actually insane to watch. Like, like there's like a train scene that is like the exact like you've seen that scene a million times and it's like wow that's insane to watch and there's so much when, of that in this movie when they're running through the um, i don't know what like the shire whatever they call yeah. it in, wherever they yeah. are you yeah know, like in, the i think they're in scotland yeah yeah i don't know what they call it but like 
Yeah, that's that. You see that all the time, and they're yeah. they're handcuffed together. Like it's that's, yeah, yeah. The handcuffs. I think together, I should yeah. I should return to that movie because I we had to watch it for a class, and I was very. I mean, that was a just a bad way of learning. I think generally. <laughs> And so it's just not an ideal circumstance for having to watch movies. So most of them yeah. made me very tired. So I think I think that one maybe deserves a rewatch on my part. Yeah, that was a cool movie, though. Uh, but then I also I did watch a couple horror movies, too. I watched the Five Nights at Freddy's movie, as I promised long ago that I'd, I'd see this in theaters. Wow, it's bad. It's bad. <laughs> yeah, not a good hard. movie. Not that that's a surprise, to be perfectly clear. But this is a bad movie. And, uh... Yeah, I mean, it's just, it does the thing where it's the specific complex of adaptation of either a short film or a game or something, and the thing, the original property doesn't have a, necessarily a feature-length story baked in, so what do we do? We have to make it about an older sibling who has been stuck being the caregiver of their younger sibling, and that is like the like the heart of the conflict. It's like I feel like I've seen that so many times. Like that was they did that with the Lights Out feature film. They did that. There's this, and I feel like I feel like that or a slight variation of it is super common. Of like, because mm. the Lights Out was an adaptation of the Sh- Lights Out short film, um, which I have no in, idea what that is. So, oh really? Oh well, it's David yeah. Sandberg. He directed Shazam. But like the, oh, okay, the, yeah. the thing that got him like big was that he made a short film called Lights Out, which is pretty cool, but it completely hinges on just like an effect of like when you turn off the lights, the ghost is a, appears in silhouette. When you turn it on, the ghost isn't there. It's like, it, it's just a cool effect. And like they made a feature film out of it. The feature film I don't think is very good. Um, but yeah, it, like it's, that was a bad movie. Then I also watched The Conjuring 2. Um, and I... I like this movie a lot and it made me think about like, I haven't seen the conjuring three. Uh, and I kind of don't want to because James Wan didn't direct it. And I've become increasingly aware that like James Wan is the reason that I like all these movies so much, even when like they're kind of dumb, like malignant, like that was kind of a dumb movie, but like the directing is just so insane and it's so fun. And it's clearly like, he's like kind of an auteur like you can kind of like i can i can immediately watch sure. it and know exactly like oh james Wan directed this like i can see it immediately and i just like i just need i need him to get out of the aquaman camp i don't want an aquaman 3 i want another I want another james Wan original horror movie because they're so goddamn fun uh and the i like the conjuring 2 a lot well that's I've what seen, i was actually I, I had seen it before though I was gonna ask you where are you gonna be December twenty second this year. I will see it, but like I don't, <laughs> I don't Aquaman like. Two is what we're talking about. I don't like Aquaman one, and like. I didn't like it either. I didn't think it was but, very good. But it's just like oh, he does, he uses wide angle lenses really in a really fun way. He uses zooms in a really fun way. There's this great moment in the Conjuring two where it's just like he does a really good job of like the kind of gimmicky horror like that's really like just like the fun camera movements. Like there's one moment where. A character, the boy has walked towards camera down a hall into a room. The camera's in a bedroom. And so through, if the camera, if the camera's looking out a doorway down a hall, at the end of yep. the hall is a tent mm-hmm. uh, that the kid is like set up. And the camera mm-hmm. is just like dull, like trucking back and forth so that we can see, like sometimes we can see down the hall, sometimes we can't. And it's like mm-hmm. the boy just like, the boy walks down the hall, he goes onto his bed and then he's like... 
and then he goes out and looks again, and then he comes back, and he goes out and looks again, and then he goes, and then the camera stays, and then he comes back, and then the camera goes, and then the thing comes. And it's just, like, really, like, just, like, I just love the, like, that's so much fun, like, the staging and the blocking of it. Um, yeah. But, that, yeah, that was a fun movie. Cool. And Conjuring 2, is, that's the one with the nun. That does have the nun in it, yes. Yeah. None of that. I'm having none of that. Uh, yeah. I've seen some things. Uh, we were gonna do um, we were gonna do an episode on the killer, but we weren't able uh, to record. Uh, so we we might talk about it later. But in preparation for that, I had done a bunch of Fincher movies. So uh, I I'll talk about them now. I've I've seen most of these. Uh, so most of these were rewatches and reappraisals. Uh, so I started with Girl with Dragon Tattoo. That is, I've discovered one that I that is like a comfort. Fincher watch, which sounds really strange, mm. uh, based on what the movie is, uh, just what it is. Uh, but I—that's Fincher, not even at his best. But that is Fincher at my personal favorite. Is when he's doing, you know, eerie thrillers, mysteries about serial killers. Like that's just mm. a personal thing. I know Aiden has very strong thoughts. I do about not that. like. Not- I I don't like Girl with the Dragon Tattoo very much at all. Oh, I, I like Fincher doing that. My problem is never Fincher doing that. It's always just that mm. it's actually because I mean the two movies that I think we're referencing that I don't like are that and Zodiac. And That's my problem with I both love. of those movies is not that it's mostly script with both of those movies, where it's just like yeah. I just don't think this is a great. This story is not presented well. I don't think in either case. I know what you mean. Uh, but I gotta move on. Uh, I watched the game for the first time. That's perfectly fine. I there's a lot of like, well, that's kind of stupid or like <laughs> like things where it's like I don't think that makes sense. Uh, but again, that's a script level kind of thing. Um, Michael Douglas, cool guy, cool actor. Um, probably not one I'll feel like watching again. Um, it's just, it's fine. You know, you watch it to, right. to complete the, the, the viewing of Fincher. Um, I watched Gone Girl again. That one's, that one's I good. like that one that's a lot. A, that's a very good Fincher movie. Yeah. Uh, I watched Mank. Not so good. Uh, Not definitely didn't care for the script. Um, yeah, it's, that's just not a, I, I see the potential, but I just don't think it's used. Um, that's kind of rounds out the, the Fincher movies I rewatched. I didn't do a full marathon at, at all. Um, saw some uh, Giallo films, actually. Uh, our oh, local yeah. Cinematheque was, is putting those on. So I watched Opera. Uh, oh, they're both, um, I think it's Dario Art. Oh, it's Argento for both of them? Argento, thank you. Yeah, it's yeah. both. Um, he did Suspiria, most famously. Yeah. Um, so Opera is one where... The cool thing that like that drew me in from the trailer is the killer is making the opera singer watch his crimes, so he'll tie her up, and then he's got like these needles that he's taped together, and he puts them under her eyelids so she can't close her eyes. Now, physiologically, she definitely could close her eyes. It's kind <laughs> of like that you did that wrong, but yeah. the idea and the the visual of it is so cool. Um, I think. I think that movie kind of runs out of steam or like doesn't, uh, I don't know. It kind of got a little maybe long-winded. I don't know. Could have been could have been sharper, I think. Um, but wildly entertaining, and especially the camera 
work is just like yeah. he's yeah, crazy. he goes insane you should see the movie phenomena i think i've talked about it on the pod that is a bad shit insane dario argento movie like I just will probably watch all of his movies <laughs> like it is, this it is, is very good it is fucking insane and like i had i had the ending of that movie in my head for a while and i had forgot that it was the same movie as the beginning of that movie in my head they were two different movies and i was like oh no that is the same movie i was like that's insane the same movie where the girl talks to the bees who tell her about serial killers is also the same movie with the chimp butler who solves crimes i forgot about that <laughs> yeah that's what i mean like he get a weird too um so uh there's a part where you take the pov of a raven that is circling yeah. the that's opera awesome. crowd that's awesome yeah. and he like yeah. several circles like we're hanging on that for a bit. <laughs> that's awesome that's man. awesome uh, but I think my favorite part of opera is the ending. So slight spoilers for opera. Um, Aiden, I don't think you're going to be super impacted by this. Okay. The ending is is fucking hilarious. And by the <laughs> ending, I mean like the last minute, the last 30 seconds. So this character has seen a lot of death. There's kind of like this epilogue moment where there's a very, very sudden last minute twist. Uh, like, a, like a psych, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> like what you thought was true isn't true. We still have to deal with some stuff. And then they deal with it. Some more tragedy happens. And so like, even when this character thinks they've gotten away, they have not gotten away. And so like, I can see this kind of like weighing on someone's mind. But now things are like wrapped up. We've wrapped up the whole plot and... How are we going to end this movie with this character? The character, I like. I truly think this character just like goes insane. They're they're in the Alps or something like a like a meadowy field. Think Sound of Music location. Yeah. And she just kind of like like pounces on the grass like a cat. She becomes a cat essentially. She pounces on the on the grass and she's like like think of what a cat would do. She's doing that all but meowing like. Eh she's like pawing at the grass and like like going like he 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 and like looking at the flowers like batshit insane and then i don't know there's a thing with a lizard and i think there's supposed to be meaning behind that but she like my audience was like howling with laughter because she's just like lost it she's not normal anymore she's like playing with grass uh that's, that's crazy awesome. uh and then i also watched another film bird with uh, the bird with the crystal plumage, I'm not sure where the articles are in that title, but um, that was much more straightforward of a serial cl- killer plot kind of mystery movie. Um, I, I think that one, I, I preferred that one personally. Mm. Um, the bit with the the bird thing coming into the picture took a while, and it's like, what does that have to do with it? It doesn't. <laughs> it, like, sort of. <laughs> it does at the end. Um, also they just say a a completely factually incorrect thing in the movie they're like oh this one particular bird is native only to Siberia no it's not (laughs) that that is a bird from Africa and I know that Um, but uh, mm, yeah another thing where like the ending is just kind of like really weird (laughs) like we find out who the killer is and they just kind of like don't say anything they're just like ha 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 <laughs> they're just laughing. <laughs> they won't say anything. They're like try to kill someone. Like, ha, 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 ha. And you're like, okay, I guess that's it. They did no monologuing from this person. Um, but there's some like zodiac type moments 
There's a like one moment that really reminded me of Zodiac, like the the scene in the basement. They do sort of sure. something like that. I thought that was cool. Um, yeah, a very good like visual filmmaker, Dario. Um, yeah, lots sure. of cool visuals. Uh, wrapping this up, I see I saw Duel, Steven Spielberg's Spielberg? Duel. That is a cool movie. I've uh, like it. very clear like like yeah, this kid's going places kind of movie. That was a TV uh, movie he did, right? I I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that is his first his right. first movie. There's some shots in there that I'm like, like yeah, he's got it. Like this guy's yeah. got the juice. Um, just trying to make like this basically like road rage incident last an hour and a half is a feat in itself. Um, but there's so many really interesting shot choices. Uh, I think you know this movie can only be so good just like what it is. It is kind of just like a guy kind of like oh my god, this truck's gonna kill me. This truck driver. Uh, I think it. I think it is maybe the best version of itself. Um, I don't know. The character's just not super interesting. Maybe I don't know. I don't even like. I didn't even like while watching. I wasn't like cognizantly being like, "Oh, this is bad" or anything. Like, it's just totally enjoyable for what it is. Um, I watched The Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> uh, that one I actually did like. I actually yeah, did like. In my memory, I like that movie. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I remember when I watched it as a kid, I was like, "That's a good movie." That was fun. Um, I just love Meryl Streep just being mean. Yeah. And I just kept also thinking about Whiplash during that movie. Because <laughs> yeah. like, it's clear like, like there's yeah. some similarities there. And being like, she is so much nicer than Fletcher. <laughs> like than J.K. Simmons in that movie. He's like abusive and like vile. He's vile in that movie. And here Meryl Streep is just kind of like a mean boss. And I was like... I, th- I thought it'd be so much worse. So I was like, oh, phew, okay. She's not that bad. She does some pretty crazy things. Uh, and I found that entertaining. Last thing. I'm finishing Better, Better Call Saul, season six. Uh, I'll just say that I watched an episode. And do you know the meme where it's it's a, a black kid and he's got his hands behind his head. Oh, and he's like... And his eyes are, like, popped open and his mouth is super yeah. wide. Yeah. That was me at the end of the episode. <laughs> like, something crazy happened. There was a huge, like, I don't know if I should say, like, I'll just say it. A big character death. One that I did not see coming. Walter and I was White. like, holy shit, they killed Walter White <laughs> before Breaking Bad. So, um, but yeah, someone who was like, I didn't, I didn't think they were going to die at any point. I thought they would live. And then just like move or just not be part of the nope they're dead now and I was like what the fuck that was crazy <laughs> what the um, heck what the heck um, I think that wraps up my picks I hopefully cool. I haven't spoiled anything lots of spoilers today next week I didn't even think about this um, is poor things coming out next week Am I wrong no it's December it's December what is next I feel like there's something oh Napoleon comes out oh it's because I'm looking to yeah it's because it's um. Is Black Friday next week? I can't remember. I think so. That's why it's yeah. I thought it was this week too. I I had that wrong in my head. Napoleon. Because it's because it's Thanksgiving. Things are slated right. to release on Wednesday to account for the weekend, uh, uh, the long weekend. So it is. There's two. There's Napoleon and ooh. My show is Netflix, so it's probably one of those weird things where it's in theaters and then uh, two weeks later it's on the service. That's my guess. I'll, I'll just check right now. But 
I think we were talking about doing Napoleon. I like uh, it. So assuming... I know that I'm going to see Napoleon. So... Yeah. 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 Uh, so this does say December 20th um, for streaming. So okay. it seems Maestro will have to wait some time. So we'll probably do Napoleon. Napoleon. Um, Really, Scott's just a super interesting. Did you see what he's been saying some shit on Twitter? Yeah, he's been beefing and honestly, with historians. I, Hilarious. I, I've seen like people being like, "Yeah, this is awesome." Like he's right, and it's like, no, he isn't. Like I agree, I it's funny you, and it's awesome, but he's not right. <laughs> you're on the side of the historians. I'm the on the side of like, yeah. I don't mind. I don't mind like taking liberties, but when like the mentality behind it is just like, I don't fucking care. Were you there? Like, when he says that, it's like, okay, okay, man. Like, we don't, like, Napoleon yeah. did not blow the nose off the Sphinx. He didn't do that. So it's like, if you're going to portray yeah. it, maybe you have a reason to. I'm not even saying you can't, but just, like, the reason being, like, fuck you, you weren't there. Like, that's dumb. Like, that's, I if think, anyone else did that, we would be like, that's dumb. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> how, um, I can't remember if he said this or if someone was defending him, but it was like, I'm sure he said this. It was like, he needs to get across that Napoleon conquered Egypt. Sure. And he wanted to do it, like, in one shot and not have it be, like, a whole thing. So I think what he showed was he's firing cannons at the pyramids. I don't know if that's true, if maybe he just... I remember it was the pyramids, because I was like, what? The the pyramids? Like, like you'd think the Sphinx? So he might have meant that. Either way, he was like, I don't really care, because it was just kind of, like, narrative economy, like, just being sure. as simple and clear and quick as you can yeah. with directing um so but like, you can I, I understand you can show he that he took like that's not the only way you can oh, show course. he's taken egypt you know I also just and think it, that, it's like, also i get why people yeah. don't like it because it's like a commonly perpetuated myth like it's like a well yeah. like many people believe that so i get why historians are frustrated you'll be like it. oh man not again yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. um that's a historian um yeah i just i just think his his kind of like curmudgeonly oh, it's 80 year old funny. take being like I don't give a fuck <laughs> yeah. who cares yeah. I mean, that's awesome that uh, is awesome so that's what we'll be saying next week if you like us check it out, check us out on Instagram or Twitter or both at Predator V Movies um, sometimes there's things on there Yeah. maybe there will be more I don't maybe. know I can't promise you anything but we don't sometimes know anything. I get followers request sometimes like sometimes we get some so i you guys are listening sometimes uh if you like my thoughts on movies check me out on letterbox at underscore alice gordon underscore uh, i've been a bit slow recently uh but i do sometimes say things on there you can also follow me on letterbox i'm 810 sunny that's 810 s-o-n-n-y my name is wombo i also leave reviews sometimes i believe last one i re- le- left was a review of five nights at freddy's in which i said fred uh, See, and so think that's of all the, the kind great of content, content you get from mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so <laughs> Peter uh, definitely doesn't have anything to plug because uh, he's not here, which means yeah. you have to leave a review uh, or a star rating or a comment. Uh, you must engage in some way. You have to give us a five star review or we will come to your house. <laughs> or. Give us money. Give us we don't money. have a Patreon. Just but just send it. Give it to us. Yeah. I don't know how. Just figure it Put out. It mail it in your phone, and that we'll figure it out. We'll make we'll it work. It out. Yeah. Give us money. Give um, us money. Is anyone listening? 
Say no. it, say in the comments. Let's, let's give them a mission. If you're <laughs> yeah, listening, if you, if you right made it now, this far, <laughs> you have to say. But it's a code word, so we know. Yeah. What's the code word? It has to be. Uh, what the predator stole my pants? You have to say that in the comments if you made it this far. <laughs> that or code word, and then yeah, we'll okay. know. Yeah. So you could say what the predator stole my pants, uh, yeah. or code word, uh, yeah. and then we'll know. Yeah. Okay. So, so do, do that. that. Do that. Uh. Bye. Bye.